0: Uh, this morning I'll be reading from 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verses uh, 16 through 22. First Thessalonians chapter five, sixteen 16 through 22. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Let's pray. Our dear Holy Father, we do want to thank you for this day. Thank you for another opportunity to to wake up and, and see the beauty that you've created around us and, and just stand in awe of what you have done. Lord, we are uh, so thankful for your son going to that cross to die for us and and Lord, we do need to live according to your will, do the things that you desire for us, because if we don't do those things, then we won't have an opportunity to be with you in heaven. We just uh, are thankful for Steve and, and his family, and, and we know that Steve has uh, prepared a lesson, and we look forward to that lesson, but mainly we look forward to it because it's coming from your will. Lord, we are just uh, thankful for Steve and his ability to um, to bring forth these messages from your will. and. Help us to take it to heart and mind and and concentrate on these words, think about these words, and then have a desire to take them out to others and, and teach them about you and your ways. We just thank you once again. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Good morning, everyone. It is great to be here today. We? I mean, yes? Yes. I don't even speak French. I don't know why that happened. Um, thank you for that prayer, by the way, Wayne. Um, and I, I do want to turn to 1 Thessalonians, which I'm going to do. Um, and I encourage you to do the same. I'm just going to jump right in this morning. Um, this has been another crazy week. You guys hired a crazy preacher, and we've had a lot of crazy weeks since then. Coincidence? I hope so. Remember when when things were were just great and groovy? Do you remember those times when everything was, uh, I don't even remember what I used to worry or complain about. Everything, that's what it was. <laughs> everything I would worry and complain about. No, I'm just kidding. Um, But we can all kind of look back and say, wow, I mean, just think about what four months ago, what you would say to four months ago you, if you could go back in time, what would you tell that person? What messages would you have? Would it be stuff like, you have no idea how good it is right now, you have no idea the things that you're gonna take for granted. You have no idea how weird things can get how quickly. And I think with all the stuff going on, I I have spoken to a lot of the uh, Black Lives Matter and that kind of stuff in my Out of the Pulpit video. I'm not gonna cover that this morning. Watch the Out of the Pulpit video. Raise your hand proudly if you've already watched out of the pulpit. I'm not shaming the rest of you. I'm shaming the rest of them. I mean, I'm not really shaming. Anyway, watch that if you can. And I appreciate uh, the good comments I've gotten from y'all who have watched it. I'm not going to really cover that today because I feel like I've covered a lot of that, but I think a lot of what's going on right now is we've been in isolation for a while. If you didn't know that, let me tell you. I like to point out the obvious, ask my wife. We've been in isolation for a while. And now that we're out of isolation, when I talk to people and when I look at what people say that I know and the things that they write and post, it, it pardon me as a therapist i tend to try to like hear what people are actually saying not just the words coming out of their mouth sometimes i'm wrong which is rare <laughs> just kidding it's not rare um, but i think what i'm hearing from a lot of people is that even though we're out of isolation now that people still feel isolated Is is there, how how am I doing, how's your therapist doing on that? Are we still feeling a little isolated? Some people are feeling isolated. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We've all been clumped up in our homes, and now that we can all get out, it seems like no matter what side of any issue we're on, we all feel like there are a lot of people against us. Can you relate to that? You feel like there's this big group of people who disagree with you and don't like you. That's what I'm seeing from a lot of people. Uh, regardless of political party, regardless of skin color, I'm, regardless of a lot of things, I'm hearing people on both sides saying the same thing. I feel like I'm in... A group that's being attacked. And I think, well, I'm trying to look into your eyes because you guys normally just stare at me. That could be just trying to focus with the glare coming off my head, I grant you that. But um, the people I've asked about that is yeah, they do feel like it feels like everyone's in the minority. We all, a lot of us are feeling like we don't know what's going on anymore. I've heard that. I've heard... Um, well, and it's not just uh, political and racial lines. It's uh, lines of age where people feel like other age groups don't understand them. People from all other groups don't understand them and don't want to understand them. And I think that's a, a lot of what's going on right now, is that people feel like they're being attacked and that no one cares about their point of view. And I, I think, just as an aside, that's the work of the evil one in our midst. And so what I wanted to talk about today, well, let me, let me get to that just a second. The result of what all this happens is, and maybe you don't feel this way, but a lot of people do, is they feel like everything that, that's foundational to them is eroded away. Or they don't have as much foundation as they used to. People don't value them the way they used to. Or they don't have as much as they used to have or people are more against them than they used to be. I'm not trying to be bleak, I'm trying to be reflective. Um, and if you don't feel this way, you guys would be very good in poker, particularly you this morning, Fred. You would kill me in poker. But you know, that's, that's uh, the sunglasses. Um, but I do sense this is going on, it's just, this isn't a class I can't ask you guys to talk, which is fine, I guess. But it got me thinking of a similar situation in Paul's letters. And that has to do with the Thessalonian church. They, this is, they call it Thessaloniki. If you want to be cool, you'll say Thessaloniki instead of Thessalonica. But this is Thessaloniki, Greece. And this is actually something from uh, closer to Jesus' time. Um, This, you know, of course, is the forum where they had, you know, plays or discussions or music or a lot of different things. And this is still in Thessalonica. I'm not cool. In Thessaloniki. And um, it's a resort town, it's a beautiful town. Um, if you like ocean, which I do. But the people in Thessalonica who became Christians had to face a lot of things. Um, and again, this is a arch and it's from different periods. Um, but the bottom part there, and it may be harder for you guys to see, I'm not sure. Those lights do help in seeing that projector, yeah? Um, those are depictions of You know, they're heroes and gods and whatnot. And so the Thessalonians, when they became Christians, they had to basically uproot their whole lives like that sandcastle on the beach. They had to just let everything erode. They had to reject their culture. They had to reject their religion. And a lot of times that meant, as you were alluding to this morning, they had to reject their family because Jesus calls us to do that. We can't love our family more than we love Him. If necessary, we should reject our family. I should be clear about that. And so, on top of all that, they were getting problems from the secular Greeks who Thought that they were messing everything up. And that's a theme that would continue throughout the Roman world: is that the Christians are undermining everything we believe in. They're a danger to our society, which I'm starting to hear more and more nowadays, especially from Europe. And from the Jews, they were getting the same thing: you guys aren't Jews either because you're undermining everything Jewish. So they weren't Jews or Greeks. They were none of the above. They were outcasts, and they were being persecuted in different ways and different levels. And Paul addresses that in the first chapter of Thessalonians, which you can read in your home version of the Bible. Now You can carry it with you anywhere. And I do encourage you to, to, if you don't have it, we can give it away as a free consolation prize, the home version of study the Bible. It's called just a Bible. All right. So I thought today, and I'm sorry if I can if I can use Donald Trump's phrase. If I seem a little low energy, that was a terrible Donald Trump. Let me try that again. Steve's very low energy. No, still bad. Okay, but I am a little low energy today, and I, I got to confess, you know, I'm one of those people. I'm a therapist because that fits my shape. I feel what other people feel. I don't want to. A lot of the times, I don't want to feel what you're feeling, but I do feel what you're feeling. So if you've ever talked to me, my voice, if you ever talk to me one on one, I I think you'll get a sense of the fact that I'm with you completely when I'm with you. And maybe I'm a flake when I'm somewhere else. But when I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm feeling what you're feeling. And so if you're, the, if you're an empathetic person, it's really difficult right now because this country is really angry and sad and scared and a lot of other things. And I don't watch the news and I'm still getting hit this hard. And so I empathize with everyone else who's going through this. And I'm not low energy. I've got the joy of the Lord. I do have the joy of the Lord. It's just the emotion of the moment is very difficult for me to deal with. And I'm not worried. I'm not scared. I'm, not, I'm just feeling what other people are feeling. And that's okay if you're feeling it too. We don't have to walk around, I got Jesus! We don't have to do that. You don't have to do that to be a Christian. You should have Jesus, and people should see that Jesus makes a different difference in your life. And if you know me, You know how true that is, and I hope that I show it in in the way I conduct myself, not the least of which is being honest. I'm not going to walk up here and go, how's everybody today? Are you doing good? You love the Lord? I'm just not going to be that guy. I am (laughs) who I am. We have to be real with each other. We're a family, right? Amen? We're a family. I'm not bummed out, I'm just low energy. I can't do Donald Trump, I should stop. Anyway, so the Thessalonians were facing a very similar kind of situation where they're like, is this going to get worse? Can I stand this? What is it that I've gotten myself into becoming a Christian? And I think it's okay if you feel that way sometimes too. He was reading uh, when Jesus said, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which Christ is quoting from Psalm 22 saying, you know what, that song reflects how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling very alone and at sea. I know what's going on because Psalm 22 says that. Psalm 22 ends with Nay, all generations will praise Him for, because God has done it. So we know how this story ends, don't we? We know how this story ends, but there are times where you know there's my head and then there's how I'm feeling. My head knows how this story ends, but then how I'm feeling, it makes me sad to see people I love going at each other like this. And it makes me sad that things are the way they are in this country and in this world. Take that how you want to. I don't care. So Paul writes to the Thessalonians, And I'm just going to take the latter part of what he writes. I could go through the whole book, but that would take a long time, especially with me. So I'm going to try to just teach you what's in the Bible. Okay, here's uh, what was read this morning and a little bit more. We're going to read it together in the English Standard Version, and then we're going to go over some of it in the Steve Standard Version, which is, It's hard when you're translating from one language to another to write it in a way that both conveys all the meaning and also doesn't sound stupid, and that's the trouble that Bible translators have had for two thousand years. How do I translate? Well, they haven't been trying to. Okay, for however long, well, since 1611 into English or before that into Latin. How do we translate this in a way that conveys the meaning properly? in a way people can understand it but it doesn't sound stupid and also isn't inaccurate. So that's what each version of the Bible tries to do. Let's just go ahead and read English Standard. I think it strikes a nice balance. The Steve version is going to try to add some emphases that I feel could be added. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. That's a lot to chew up because Paul, when he's got a A piece of parchment, he's only got, you know, they only got like one sheet because it was really expensive. They didn't have email, kids. They didn't have email back then. And they didn't even have postal service. You had to pay someone to take your piece of papyrus or parchment and physically carry it from one place to another. It took a special messenger. They didn't have post service. So it cost quite a bit of money. So you got one sheet. And Paul would try to get as much as he could on one sheet, man. He'd just pack them all in there and all of his crazy like swirled around thinking he'd try to write it down. So we've got a lot here, but I would like to go through it. And I think this is really good advice for us in Christ's church in June of 2020 as much as it was for the Thessalonian church um, back in A.D. 65 or whenever this was written Let's start with verse 12. Value those who labor with you in God's work and those who are over you. That means you should always look up to your preacher. I'm just kidding. Actually, it kind of says that a little bit, but what it more says is the elders at this church are leaders. In some ways, I'm a leader in whatever way God wants to make me a leader. But we have to understand the leaders in this church and the, are trying to do God's work, and we need to help them. And people lead in other ways as well. We have a lot of different kinds of leaders in this church. Male and female. And we need to support them and love them because they're doing the work of the kingdom while we do the other, and they're also doing the other work they have to do. So we all need to help our leadership. Amen? And I think we do a good job of that, but I'm not an elder. I know you guys are very kind to me. Extremely kind to me. But I'm not a leader because the elders are the leaders. I'm not sure what I am, and that makes all of us, right? Um, And we should also value what they do and also value those who are over you. So we have to recognize and support those who are doing God's work in different ways. Maybe they're just going to visit someone like Joe visits, I know. There's all these people that go and visit people that they love and we don't bring them up on stage like maybe we shouldn't say, thank you for supporting our brothers and sisters that can't be here this morning, amen? And I know a lot of you do that kind of stuff. I thought I saw Joey earlier, but like he seems to be... He's right there. I thought I saw you. You're right there. Yeah. Sorry. I know there are a lot of other people who do that, too. You can see how much I actually pay attention to who I'm looking at now. I've shown my hand. Were you asleep when I was talking just now? I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Joey. You little Joe all right verse 13 create and maintain peace amongst yourselves I do I know this sounds self-important but I would like for you guys to write down your own version of these look at the text I hope you have your Bible if you don't repent repent you, have some, you should have some form of Bible on you. And I did use the word should, which we don't do as therapists, but today I'm not your therapist anymore. I have switched to being your minister. And you need to have a Bible with you, especially if you're coming to worship or to study. So judgmental that Steve, I know. All right, so there's the version in your Bible. There's the version on the screen. Look at them. Mine, by the way, isn't just taken from my brain. I've, I, should, I should have mentioned this at the beginning. I went through the Greek very carefully on these and said, what's a faithful version of this verse that says something that I feel is a little maybe not understood in the way that it needs to be translated? Does that make any sense? I'm like adding a thesaurus to your Bible. Thank you for the one yes. Yes. Appreciate you, Virgil. All right. So create and maintain peace amongst yourselves. That's what it says in there. It's not something that we should just, oh, let's just live at peace together. And that's not what what it's saying. It's saying that we have to create and maintain peace, which means we can't be passive about peace. And I said this in the out of the pulpit this week. That peace is not a passive process. If you're passive in creating peace, then that's a lot of peace at once. If you're passive in creating peace, then you're not a peacemaker. Jesus didn't say, blessed are the peace enjoyers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. And we're commanded to make peace amongst ourselves. If there's someone with whom you're not at peace in this congregation, you need to do what you can to fix that. Because the last thing we need while the world is going at each other's throats is for us not to be unified. Because I'll tell you, in this room with you this morning are a bunch of people who are not against you. Who do understand you who do care what you think, who do value you, who do appreciate you, and who do love you. Amen if you agree with that. This is our safe haven because this is God's house. This is our safe haven because this is God's house. Amen? Verse 14. Confront those who are out of line. I know it says admonish the idol, but what it really means is talk to the troublemakers. Or it doesn't specifically have to be troublemakers. It can be get those who aren't in line with everyone else into line. This isn't a time for rugged individualism. The church is not a place of rugged individualism. It's a place of mutual support and love and being where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be. Doing what we're supposed to be doing is the way we love those around us. Not the least of those things is when, we, when the elders call together a gathering, you need to be here where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do. Because if we don't have each other, we have nothing. We have God. But this is Christ's body. And as I said out of the pulpit, I'll keep throwing that out there. If you're not with Christ, you're against Him. Still in verse 14, encourage those who are discouraged. If someone's discouraged, easy. Encourage them. It's not easy to do. And it takes bravery to encourage someone. Because you know what happens a lot when you try to encourage someone? They're like, well, that's the worst thing you could have said. Because that's what happens, right? You ever talk to a child? You ever try to help a child? Sometimes they're like, thank you. And sometimes they're like, go, I hate you. It just, you know, you got to do your best. If you have animals, you know how this works. Sometimes they're like, they get happy that you help them. Other times they're like, leave me alone. Thank you. You like that bark? People are the same way. And if you go in going, well, I'm going to do this for you and you better love it. You better love it. Then you're not loving the other person. That's not encouragement. That's basically the same as grabbing them by the head and going, get happy! And giving them a noogie until they say, I'm happy! I'm happy! Leave me alone. Did you just cast a spell on me? What are you doing? Okay. My daughter has lost her mind years ago. Do encourage one another, and you know I like that this congregation uses humor a lot. If your humor fails, which it does for me most of the time, um, just try again with something better. The way you show love to someone is by persisting, right? It doesn't do any good to show up and go, oh, "Love you, man." Oh. Yeah. It's when when you try to love someone and they don't love what you did and you still try, and they don't love what you did and you still try, that persistence says, I love you. I'm not just here to give you a high five and tell you to do good. I'm here, what can I do to help? We need to encourage those who are discouraged. And by the way, it also doesn't say as long as they don't have a stupid reason for being discouraged. Because that's a plague on our society. That's, what we're, that's one of the things we're dealing with historically and acutely right now in our society is people going, well, that doesn't make sense. Why would you be discouraged by that? It doesn't matter if it makes sense to you. It doesn't matter. There are people who think the opposite of the way you think who are saddened by things that you don't understand why that would make anyone sad. That doesn't matter if you understand it. It matters if you encourage them. With me? right. Again, be looking at your Bibles as you read the Steve Standard Version. We're going to go to verse 15. Make sure no one retaliates. That actually, I prefer my translation because I feel like it's more accurate. It's not... Let no one rep- it's it's make sure no one repays evil with evil. Make sure don't just go let no oh you better not do that. That's not what it's saying because if it says let no one, that means oh you shouldn't do that. No, it says make sure no one repays evil with evil because that is exactly the opposite of what Christ did, and we just took the Lord's supper tonight. You are what you eat. This morning. I guess it's morning still, right? You are what you eat. And if you're a Christian, you just ate the flesh and drank the blood of Yeshua of Nazareth, the promised Mashiach, the Jesus Christ. You ate His flesh and drank His blood, which means you are becoming Him. And if you are Him, you repay no evil with evil. You repay evil with love. And if we're going to be his body, we ate his body so that we could become him. And if we are his body, we have to make sure no part of Jesus' body is defiled by repaying evil with evil. Understand? Still, verse 15. Chase down what is good for one and for all. That's the Steve Standard Version. I've been trying to figure out why my Bible's broken. And it's because I'm in 1 Timothy. Just because you have your Bible doesn't mean you know how to use it. I just went a little too far. I got excited in my page turning. There we go. Oh, this works a lot better. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. doesn't mean seek to do good. It Literally, and this would sound stupid in a translation so they don't print this, it means go after, chase down, find and secure, hunt for what is good for any particular person, but also that it's good for everyone. That would, that's a really long, super complex sentence, but that's the Steve Standard Version. Next one is easy. Rejoice always. Even if you're feeling low energy, and I stopped trying to do the impression. Even if you're low energy, you can rejoice. Getting back to that picture, I, I picked a, a grandfather and a grandson, I assume, or at least actors portraying that, fishing. If You can think back to that slide. Because I remember being that age and going fishing with my grandfather. And those were really fun times. I felt completely safe. I was just having fun fishing. I didn't have a care in the world. I'm sure there was a lot I didn't like. Why won't they let me eat more sugar? Why won't they let me stay up later? All the things little kids complain about. But in truth, I didn't have a care in the world and I had the luxury of taking people for granted that are not here anymore. My grandfather, both my parents, I had the luxury of taking them for granted. And If there's one thing God has taught me is that there's not a good day coming. The good day is today. Because you're blessed today. If you can't receive God's blessing today in the midst of however you're feeling, if you can't rejoice in the blessing that He gives you today, you're not going to be able to rejoice in the blessing He gives you tomorrow or five years from now. This is why lottery winners go bankrupt and get divorced. Because if you're not a well-adjusted person who can appreciate today, you're not gonna, it doesn't matter what you receive, you're not going to become that person. Rejoice always, because every day is a gift. Even if some days are harder than others, I'm glad to just keep living days. Verse 17, constantly pray. Well, Steve, I can't help but notice you're not praying right now. Okay. That's something my son would say, actually. You're not praying right now. I don't know who raised him to be such a smart Alec. It's probably Linda. Okay, I just gave it away right then, didn't I? Constantly pray. And this is one thing. If you want one thing to change your life, one way to emulate Jesus. This is the one way you need to emulate Jesus. Is to constantly pray. He was praying while he was being tortured to death. When you wake up in the morning, do you pray or do you just go on with your day hoping everything will go okay? If you're waking up in the morning just hoping everything will go okay, I don't like your odds. Kind of shooting yourself in the foot there. When you go, okay, should I talk to my kid or just slap him across the face? I hope you're praying about that first. Because how you interact with your kids is very important, right? When you say, hmm, I want to reply to my wife about that, I seriously hope you go, Hey, God. And when you wake up and you're healthy and you can hug your family because they're there with you, I hope you say, God, thank you. Verse 18. Again, this is related. In everything, give thanks. Why should we give thanks in everything? Well, I have an extreme story where through my own stupidity, I accidentally killed myself, but doctors brought me back to life, so I shouldn't be standing here today. This really is bonus time for me, extra innings. I get it, but even I forget it. But no matter whether or not you've had one of those experiences or not, This is extra innings for you. You understand that? This is all extra innings. You have no right or guarantee to be here today, and yet here you are. Who are the people you have in your life that love you and maybe also drive you crazy? Look around this room, everybody. Look around this room. Look at all these people who are like you, who love Jesus and love you so much that we all showed up here today just to encourage one another and to be encouraged by each other. Is that not a beautiful thing? It is a beautiful thing. And the fact that we can do it again, whoever's driving you crazy, if you can go, you know, I bet three weeks ago you're sitting at home going, man, I wish that I could be at church so that person could drive me crazy some more. That person is probably named Steve. I know. That's That joke was too subtle? Okay. Why do we do all this? Because this is what God wants for you. Give, give thanks and everything? Well, why should I do that? Because that's what God wants for you. We're like spoiled children. You ever like buy your kids a bunch of presents? Or you know that kid that just got all kinds of presents from his parents and his uncles and his aunts and people that his dad worked with and people his mom worked with and he had all this stuff and then he'd like, a shirt? I don't want a shirt. You know that kid and you just want to smack him across the face? You're that kid. Sometimes. You are. God has given you everything you need and more. And like... That's not a Porsche in my garage. Look at all those cool people on TV. I'm not that cool. I have three followers and they're all family members. God wants you to be thankful because He wants you to notice all the trouble He's gone to to provide you with so many great things for no reason other than He loves you. So it's God's will, not for Him. God doesn't need you to thank Him. You need to thank Him. Moving a little faster. Don't ruin God's Spirit. Okay, I know you can't ruin the Spirit of God, but that's kind of the translation. Don't throw a wrench into the works, don't clothesline God's Spirit, don't surprise tackle God's Spirit. That's what He's saying. The Spirit's in you, and yet by resisting what God wants for you, which he mentioned in the previous verse, by resisting God's Spirit, you can stop Him from doing what He's trying to do for you. You can't stop Him from what He's trying to do for the world, but you can not stop Him from what He's trying to do for you. Verse 20, don't blow off divine instruction. What is divine instruction? Well, every time I read you out of the Bible, that's divine instruction. Every time you read out of the Bible, that's divine instruction. And my prayer is always, constantly, and I pray for you to pray for me and the elders pray for me that the things I say may also be divine. And when you hear divine instruction, don't blow it off. Don't go, hey, cool story, dude. We're going to go have lunch, all right? Cool. Sorry, no one here is from California except me and my wife. So you probably don't talk like that. Verse 21. Carefully consider everything you are taught. That's the opposite of verse 20. Rather than blowing off divine instruction, carefully consider everything you're taught. Don't just go, well, wow, that was cool. That was cool. It was really cool, man. Think about it. There's no point in me delivering sermons. There's no point in you reading the Bible. There's no point in anyone teaching class if you're just going to go, well, that was great, but I've got things to do. Meditate on the law of the Lord day and night. Final verse we're going to go over this morning. Distance yourself from that which is ill. That's the Steve Standard Version. But... All uh, forms of evil doesn't mean evil doings. It's more of like a contamination issue. Don't contaminate yourself. Evil is radioactive. Have we learned nothing else over the last few months? Evil is radioactive. And exposure to it can bring cancer to you as well. And even make you radioactive. Radioactive. We have to distance ourselves from what is ill because it will make us ill. The problem is not the coronavirus. The problem is human rebellion and selfishness and anger. Selfishness and rebellion wrap up all the other things because that's what Satan's trying to get you to do. He's trying to get you to say, I've had enough! No more! I can't take another single day of blah, 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 blah. Yes, you can. Shut up. Okay, that was a little harsh. But were you listening to any of the other verses? It's not like you're, you're just being thrown outside and asked to deal with it. God is blessing you. He's raining blessings down on you all the time. He's supporting you. You, His Spirit lives within you. You have the support of the brothers and sisters whom you should be supporting back. We are more than conquerors. We we can persevere through anything because of the power of Christ in us. We can do all things through Him who strengthens us. So don't say, I can't take another day or another minute of that. Of course you can. How am I expected to keep my mouth shut when people are doing this? Because you were told to. How are you expected to do any of it? Through the power of Jesus Christ. And when you start thinking, I have to do it through the power of me, you're sunk. Go back and read this chapter again. And then start reading the rest of the Bible again until it gets into your head That the power of Christ lives in you, and because God blesses you, you're supposed to be a blessing to the rest of the world. And if you want to whine, whine to God. Whine to God. It's fine. It's not whining. It's expressing. Again, he read it this morning. Jesus expressed. He wasn't whining. Certainly when you're being tortured to death, you can say, I'm feeling a little alone here. Right? Right? If you got a complaint, put down Facebook and get on your knees. Stop making us all look like fools and just as evil as everyone else around us. Get a hold of yourselves. Get a hold of yourselves. Let the joy be in you, at least enough joy to keep your mouth shut. And then find something good to say and say that instead. Amen? You are blessed beyond measure, beyond comprehension because of where you live, when you live, how you live, and everything you have. Look at this room around you again. You are blessed. You are supported. You are loved. You will never die. How about you do some of what God has asked you to do and maybe try to be grateful? If you can't be dancing... Because you're me and you can't dance. Even if you can't be dancing, maybe you can be grateful. Can we all just be grateful? I closed my thing too soon and my voice is up here now. Steve, you had one more slide. Life is God's gift to us. Let's enjoy the gift. Let's share the gift with everyone we know and let's thank God for the gift. Amen? We are the force for good in this world and right now we're hurting because other people are hurting. But that's okay because Jesus is going to do all the heavy lifting. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. So if you can't walk out of here dancing today, maybe you can walk out of here doing something kind, For no other reason than because your dad asked you to. Maybe you can walk out of here grateful. Maybe you can walk out of here and repent to God and say, Forgive me for being such a spoiled brat. Maybe you could do that. I love you guys. I do, and I'm glad that y'all are here, and I'm glad that I'm here, and I hope you guys will have grace on the fact that I'm low energy. no, No, just my regular voice. No impersonation. I'm a little low energy today, but I am grateful, and I do have the joy of the Lord in my heart. It's true. I wouldn't lie to you guys. I think you know that by now. He says enough embarrassing stuff. I wonder what he's holding back. Well, there's nothing. Nothing I'm holding back. This is just me. And if you don't have the joy of the Lord because you and God are separated, well, let us pray with you because God wants to bring you back. And if you're not a Christian, all you have to do is repent and be baptized. Follow the name of Jesus. Your sins can be cleansed. And you can have eternal life also. If you have a need from the church, if you have a praise that you want to share with the church, Or if you want to be baptized this morning, please come forward. We're going to sing a song. Everybody will stand. Stand up. Come forward while we sing this song and let us pray with you.